Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Ash McGrath, and she's a little bit of an expert when it comes to posting content online. Uh, at a time, she described herself as a digital copywriter. She's basically going to help you figure out how do you create the brand that's full of consistency and quality that you want to be known for in a digital space, whether that's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, she is somebody who will help you figure out how to produce content at scale and grow your business at scale. There were so many incredible insights in this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I'm sitting down with Ash McGrath. We've been talking on LinkedIn and I was like, I got to get you on this podcast. I'm loving what she's doing. She is a digital copywriter. She's someone who will write your copy. If you're an agency owner, if you're trying to be more active on social media, really, if you're trying to develop content for yourself, but especially drive sales for your business, Ash is the person to connect with. Ash, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I am so happy to be here. Of course. Now, I, I get into such like a habit of doing these intros that I think I said business with an H on there. But you know, in the <laughs> copywriting world, sometimes it's best to keep the typo in or keep the mistake in for pattern, inter pattern interruptions or, yeah. you know, whatever. Tomato, tomato, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know you're super active on LinkedIn. I, I do want to really dive into the copy conversation. Before yep. we do that, it is, we're recording this, it's 10 a.m. my time, I think it's 11 a.m. your time on yep. uh, a Wednesday, April 15th. We are in the middle of coronavirus. Woo! Yeah. How are you doing today? We're doing great. Uh, I think that, you know, as, as everybody, it's been really interesting to kind of go through this globally as like humanity. That's been an interesting thing to talk about with people. I've definitely taken the perspective of trying to, to really stay positive, see the silver lining in all of this, you know, cautiously optimistic. Um, Health-wise, we're all doing good. So I'm, quarantine is going okay for us. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second though? Because the, the, you, you made a comment silver lining, you know, looking for, and, and I've even like, as I've been talking with people, mm -hmm. and it's, it's hard to use the right terminology because I've been telling people, especially like small business owners, Hey, now's a really, there's a lot of opportunity right now. It's a great yeah. opportunity right now. And I don't, I don't mean to say that like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go like flip bottles of sanitizer, No, but, but there really is a silver lining there. So I'm, I'm interested in two ways. One, I love that about you. And I don't know if that's always been the case about you, if you've always been sort of the glass half full type of person. Mm -hmm. But two, I'm curious, you know, what, what, how has that formed sort of your approach to business over the last couple of weeks? And especially, uh, we don't know how long this thing's going to go for, especially in the coming weeks. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, I'm definitely haven't in the past been a glass half full kind of person. I have actually in my life struggled with anxiety. I, you know, I, I can have in the past gotten very overwhelmed easily. 
um, over the past three years or so, I've really been intentional about monitoring kind of my thought life and the things I surround myself with, engineering my environment as a way to help me, um, you know, just get through life. And so I think I've learned to be a glass half full kind of person because I've learned that that type of thinking serves me, whereas the other type of thinking does not. So mm. Now, when yeah. you talk about you talk about sort of like framing your environment or sort of creating the environment, mm-hmm. I guess that you can flourish in. What, what does that actually mean? What does that entail? Well, I think it's really um, you know your brain is your brain is going to te- kind of kick out what you put into it, and so it's kind of a search engine in that way. And so, if you're constantly stuffing it with negative thoughts and self depreciating kind of thinking, then that's really what it's going to spit back out to you. And so, for me, it's just first of all, making sure that I'm taking care of my physical health, but also surrounding myself with people who are my kind of people, surrounding myself with, um, you know, just positive things in my life. So, you know, things I enjoy, things that I find beautiful, things that I find calming and relaxing. Um, So it's really goes from, you know, the physical, like my physical surroundings to emotional and who I'm talking to and what kind of conversations I'm having um, to like how much sleep I'm getting at night. So. Well, and that All last, those. well, that last part's pretty interesting too, because I had Mark Metry on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pretty well known for social anxiety and just mental health. And it's mm-hmm. amazing. What I didn't expect was how much he would talk about the physical side of it. Like he talked yeah. about sleep, talked about what you eat. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, like we've been eating like more rice and like chickpeas and like frozen kale than ever before in my life. When normally I probably would have eaten like pizza and yeah. Um, I don't know, whatever else that it's funny. I told my wife, I was like, all I want, we have a local, uh, fried chicken company called slim chickens mm-hmm. and everybody's closed right now. And I was like, all I want right now is slim chicken. <laughs> so in some ways this quarantine sort of forced me to eat better, but it is interesting how, you know, your diet, your, even how much sleep you're getting. I'm typically someone who I get maybe five or six hours of sleep a night um, for me, I don't really necessarily have dealt with anxiety. For me, it's been more of that. It has been that self-deprecating thoughts, that depression, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that even even anxiousness in the sense of like, what am I really doing? Yeah, you know, moving forward. But when I've decided to focus on those sort of basics physically, it's amazing how it it it's almost like it reframes your perspective a little bit. It can almost become a meditation in a, in a strange way because it really comes down to there are certain things that you can control and there are certain things that are completely and utterly out of your control. So you absolutely control how much you move and what you put into your body and what books you read and how much you try to sleep. I mean, you have a newborn, so you don't have that much <laughs> control over it. But I, I know Mark Metry and I know from just conversations I've had with him or just from his content in general that he is big on biohacking. And it's this, this sense of how can, what can I do, you know, in a physical sense to kind of help my body, mind, body and mind run optimally. And I, you know, without becoming too preachy about it, I cannot stress enough how incredibly life-changing it has been for me to take care of my physical health, meaning exercise every single day or close to it, and to be really conscious about the food that I'm eating 80% of the time. Mm. I think that I, it has changed my life. I've lost 40 pounds in the past two years, and it has, has dramatically changed my life. All right. So do you have a, a go-to food or a superfood or something that's like, this is like my staple now? Um, no, I think, you know, I think that 
I'm really big on balance. So I don't, I don't like diets with names. I think that everybody is going to have their own thing and you just have to like, again, you have to test and try what works for you. Um, I eat a lot of eggs. I eat a lot of veggies. I eat a lot of fruit. Um, I drink a crap load of water. I always have my giant Mason jar of water (laughs) with me everywhere. And that really works for me. But then I also eat, I also eat crappy food. I eat Sundays and Oreos and pizza (laughs) and stuff. And it's really about that balance. And I think everybody has that looks different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, and this is, this is a great segue just into the world of entrepreneurship because, you know, the entrepreneurial game, uh, someone was talking to me about, I guess, Simon Sinek has a book called the infinite game. And mm-hmm. it's basically, it's called the infinite game because I mean, you're, you're always in it. You're always having to improve. And mm-hmm. it's not even just for, you know, generic business owners. I think it's especially true for entrepreneurs because we're sort of always, I mean, the grind never really stops. No. You know, you, you are putting food on the table. I mean, you're trying to get sales. You're trying to drive revenue. Mm-hmm. There's also sort of like this exploration that's happening for your business where, you know, you're kind of constantly, I don't say constantly pivoting, like where your brand totally changes, but there's a lot of tweaking that happens. There's a lot of innovation that happens. There's a lot of, Mm -hmm. okay, I was offering this. Now I'm going to try to offer that. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, when did your entrepreneurial journey get started uh, and leading up to really what, what you're doing now? Yeah, I, I can say that my business looks radically different than it did three years ago. And and I think that's a good thing. And I yeah. also think it's like it's a necessary process for any business owner. And so I started through necessity. <laughs> my husband is in a very demanding um, engineering program. And at, eventually it just got to the point with our family. We have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And it got to the point where it did not make sense for him to even try working part-time. It was too much stress on our system as a family. So we made the decision together that he was going to focus on school 100%, which means that we now lost an income. We lost an income earner. And through necessity, I realized that I had to do something. So um, was a social worker full-time, uh, worked with individuals with intellectual disability, did case management, but that wasn't enough, right? And so I had to take an audit of my skills and abilities And I had to figure out what I could do that people would be willing to pay me for, really. That's as simple as it is. And I realized that I have always been somebody who's been comfortable with words, both reading and writing. And so I started to pull that thread. I'm really big on just like, you just pull it and see where it takes you. Mm. So I pulled that thread and I did a crap load of research about how people are making money using written the written word and Mm. stumbled across copywriting and figured out what that was and realized that there's like a hundred different kinds of copywriting. And then I tried to figure out where I, what kind of writing I wanted to do. And then I got, I spent hours and hours and hours educating myself about how to do the kind of copywriting I wanted to do very well, which at the time was website copy. I wanted to write people's websites for them. I knew it was something that people were willing to, that they people had larger budgets for, because again, these websites are, you know, the storefront for people online. So I knew it wasn't going to be these little one-off $50 projects here and $50 projects there. So I, I doubled down on website copy and I did that for two years. And recently this past year, and I've got, you know, I'm good at it. I, I can say that. But this past year, I've started to bump up against, okay, I don't actually have time. I've gotten so busy in my business. I don't actually have time to do the client work but while also maintain my own marketing and right. my back end and all of the systems I need. Right. And I also realized that through doing this website copy that I wasn't effectively separating my time away from my money. 
And this is notorious with service-based businesses, right? Everyone's like, well, how can you scale that? It's you. And so I really had to take another look at what I was doing and how, what my business model looked like and where, if anywhere, I could begin to bring other people in so that I could free up some of my time to do some of these other tasks that I wasn't able to do. And it was really um, kind of by accident. I had somebody, again, people had worked with me. I have a, had gotten to know a lot of people on LinkedIn and somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, Ash, do you do content? Like, do you write copy for content? And I'm like, well, I can. And it really, from again, pulling that thread and figuring out how I would like doing this kind of project really blew open the doors of opportunity for me because I started to see the connections of, oh, I can actually do this and I can do this month over month for, for people. And I'm actually solving a huge problem for other businesses and creators who also don't have time to create their own mm -hmm. content. And I can now start to build a team and a really systemized airtight process around this. And I'm not spending six to eight weeks one-on-one -on -one with somebody right. writing a website. Well, the other, uh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the other, the other beautiful part about that is now rather than me constantly needing to, to write $10,000 websites all the time, and I'm always looking for that next website, I can then free up my time. And when that website does come across that I'm like super amped about and really want to work with the brand, I can still do that. And I don't have to worry about, you know, I have other, I have other streams. I have right. other kind of things in play. You're diversified. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there from mm -hmm. your story. Um, first of all, I love how you sort of just because I feel like this is a common trend in successful entrepreneurs, sort of like this falling forward into new opportunities almost by happenstance. And, mm -hmm. I, and I don't mean that in the sense of not that your skill set didn't lead you there. Absolutely. Like, you know, your, your, your um, expertise with copywriting, with words, with all of those things, you know, that obviously op it allowed you to move forward. But it's, it is interesting how I continue to hear stories from people who it's like, and, I, and it's, it's almost like the magic behind that expression you used of pulling the thread, which mm -hmm. I haven't heard that before. Mm -hmm. but that really kind of is, it's sort of like this curiosity of, I'm going to tug on this and just sort of see where it goes. And it's amazing how I, I consistently hear these stories of what seemed like just maybe something or just seemed like something that was um, maybe not even really that important and how it led to the next big thing, totally pivoting your business it, it's just mm -hmm. interesting how that curiosity can really lead to that. Yeah, you have to stay curious. And that's the thing is had I at the beginning thought, well, oh gosh, I'm only getting paid $50 per blog post right now. And I don't know if I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. And how can I ever make any money? It's like, no, you just have to relax and understand that, you know, that all you're ever going to get in entrepreneurship is probably one to two steps ahead of yourself. Like you can make your best guess about what might happen, but really you have to be in the moment and you have to be willing to understand that you're actually getting feedback all around you about things that are, aren't working. And if you're willing to stop for a moment and kind of listen to that feedback and then make decisions based off of that feedback, you know, this falling forward type of thing is not, it's not just an accident. Like you're not falling flat on your face. You're just kind of gently <laughs> floating forward. <laughs> and yeah. But that's, that's an interesting comment. It's an interesting comment because you're talking about someone, because if we even like put a, a little bit of intentionality behind it, mm -hmm. you're talking about someone being able to pause for a minute 
and really dig into what is not working. And yeah. I, I don't know two things. I don't know if we ever give our spa- ourselves, sorry, I had like four hours of sleep, so I cannot talk straight today. <laughs> I don't know if we ever give ourselves the space to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's the old expression of working in your business instead of on your business. And then the other part of it is, I don't know, I don't know how honest we are mm-hmm. in that conversation of what's not working. Like I've, I've even had conversations with business owners who say, well, I haven't made any money here and here's why it hasn't worked. And as I'm listening, I'm thinking, no, it's like a great example would be someone who's like, yeah, I'm not getting enough sales. Uh, I'm working 70 hours a week. If I can just, if I can somehow grind up to 85 hours, then it will work. And like, that's the solution they've gotten to. And I'm like, no, that's, you're not being honest with yourself. If you've been working 70 hours a week and it's not working, something's broken. Something's deeply broken in your offer, maybe in in, in what you offer, you know, in terms of like, you know, the copy, how you talk about it. And so I don't, I don't model your sales cycle. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know if you have any insight there, but it's, it's just both of those together, I think are in order to be able to fall forward into opportunity, Mm -hmm. I think it takes solving those two issues of, you know, am I creating the space and time to really assess my business? And am I assessing it honestly? Yeah. And I think that's really where it all kind of circles back to this mental and physical health aspect. Like you are the business, like let's pretend, let's like forget that, you know, people own these like multi-million dollar companies. At some point, these businesses start with a single person. And if you are not well, and if you are not cultivating a self-awareness, right, in yourself to be able to ask yourself and then answer those hard questions, honestly, then you're really doing yourself and thus your business a disservice. I mean, think about, and we all know that all of us entrepreneurs religiously watch Shark Tank. Everybody <laughs> loves Shark Tank. And so you all, I used to wonder, like, how do these people who have like $500,000 or a million dollars in revenue, they get on Shark Tank and all of a sudden Mark Cuban rips them apart and says, you actually don't have a business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy crap, how do these people not realize this before now? Right. But the truth is, is then like, you know, that that process left clues. It was just that they weren't willing to see those, those kind of road, those stop signs along the road or those crosses in the road. They weren't willing to see those clues and they just keep plugging forward on, this is my idea and I will do this no matter what. And it's like, that's actually a lot of hubris and it's, it ends up getting you kind mm. of in murky waters pretty quick. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of reminds me of, um, there's a great book, it's called Passing the Mom Test. Mm-hmm. And the whole philosophy behind it is, and this is more of like for startups that are trying to validate their business in the first place, right. but it's, it's a great, it applies for anyone running, any entrepreneur ever. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, if you're going to honestly assess your business, you have to you have to be willing to take your feedback from your actual customers mm-hmm. instead of your mom. And mm-hmm. that's why it's called mm-hmm. the mom test is because, you know, when you ask your mom, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Of course, your mom who loves you and cares for you is going to say, oh, that's great. It's an awesome mm-hmm. idea. Or, you know, you're at Thanksgiving, you're at a family gathering and you say, this is the idea. And everyone's like, oh, that's awesome. Or, you know, maybe some people's families, it's not so positive and they rip it apart. I don't know. But, but, you know, you're used to having friends and family be so encouraging that we don't always get that unbiased perspective. Mm-hmm. And so when you get in front of Mark Cuban or in front of a big investor or someone who has no emotional tie to your business, it, it can be pretty daunting because now all of a sudden I'm getting feedback that maybe I haven't been willing to face 
until now. Yeah. There can be so many things and that that's really a big piece of copywriting, right? Is figuring out what the customer, first of all, who the customer is, which isn't my job as a copywriter to figure out. It's actually the business owner's job. And you'd be surprised at how many people come to me with an offer and have no idea who they are. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we have to pause here for just a second because <laughs> that everything you just said, if, if so, for, for our listeners, if you're an entrepreneur, you are starting a business or maybe you've been running a business for a little bit. I think what you just said is such an incredible insight because you're so right. And I wouldn't be surprised people coming to you saying, hey, just just write me something that will sell. Mm -hmm. And you flip the conversation on, well, who are you selling to? And it's, uh, well, um, or I had one guy. (laughs) Yeah, I had one guy who, and I I don't do copywriting. I just do, you know, business strategy, growing businesses. Mm -hmm. But I had a guy who I I asked that question, who's your customer? And he said, well, people who use the internet. Mm. And I said, okay, so that is everyone. Yeah. That's, that's not your customer. And it, it's, it's almost like there's so many steps back you have to take because we, and, and I don't know if we just, we need to like have like a universal basics to business course or whatever, but I, I would not be surprised to hear that you have people who come to you who have no clarity on their offer, no clarity yeah. on who they're selling to, price point. I mean, there's probably quite a bit that you sort of have to go through just to actually do your job. Or I I just find the customer who's ready for you. You know, I don't get that as much anymore now doing content because a lot of what we do is we partner, again, we partner with other small to (laughs) medium-sized agencies who are kind of white labeling our services to help their clients get content out regularly. But with that said, being a website copywriter, I saw that all the time because somebody has a business idea they think about it. They, they think that it's fully formed, right? They, they come to me and they're like, all right, now I need my website so I can sell whatever this thing is that I'm selling. And so here you go, Ashley, like write this website. The two things I saw all the time were a complete lack of understanding about who their customer is. Or my other big question that I was always asking people, I'd get on the phone and they would brain dump like, oh, this great idea. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to change the world. And I'm like, that's awesome. How are you going to monetize that? And they couldn't answer the question. And, and to me, again, like none of this inherently is bad. I just think that it's, you're not ready to come to me yet. You're not ready to actually refine your sales messaging because you have to still work on your business model. And so that's the biggest thing is if your business model isn't really, if you have no idea how you're going to make money and how that's going to look and how you're going to price your product or services, then you actually don't have a business yet. And I can't mm. write you a website. Well, and I think that's a sign of, first of all, it's, it's credit to you and the values you take when you approach your business. Cause I, I always admire people in your shoes who will turn away money, mm-hmm. you turn away a client and, and it makes sense because, you know, it's for, in terms of like the sustainability of your business, you're not mm-hmm. going to have happy customers if they aren't even, if they haven't even f- formed the idea of their business offering. But I always appreciate people who are willing to educate a prospective client, mm-hmm. maybe even say, hey, I, I don't know if you need me right now. Yep. And to, yeah. you know, anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, I think that it's, it's, this is the work that you need to do as an entrepreneur, right? Like. Uh, And I think that, and again, this is just back when I was a website copywriter, it's easy for an entrepreneur to come up with an amazing idea and get very excited about it. Mm -hmm. It's easy to draw together, create this huge Google doc of like 3am thoughts about your great business. That's the easy part because it feels good. Okay. So here's the challenge to all of those people out there who may have already done that and you're 
you're ready to take it to the next step, you want to make this a business. The challenge is now you have to lean into the part that really is not fun or not comfortable or not like, you know, visionary. And so it's very easy to hand me thousands of dollars <laughs> and say, can you please, can you please a write me sales copy that sells and B also make, help me figure out what my offer is yeah, and me how I'm going to make money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but really it's like, no, that's actually still on you. Like there's yeah. the work, you right. know? Right. Well, and it's, it's, it's like, it makes me think of a guy who sent me and this had to have been like maybe a nine or 10 page Google doc. And mm -hmm. I, it was just, it was just airing out thoughts. And he said, Hey, I wrote this. I mean, literally it was exactly what you said. He said, I wrote this in the middle of the night. And I said, this is pure gibberish. Like I, I can't, my job's not to navigate your, you know, mental. And again, outlook. like there's, there's merit in what that guy is doing. It's just that like, here's where it comes between the entrepreneur who never really starts a business and they just call themselves an entrepreneur and the kind of boots on the ground, like no bullshit entrepreneur is the real entrepreneur is going to take that 3 a.m. Google Doc and they're going to make something out of it. Wow. You know, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's a soundbite right there. That was great. <laughs> but I mean, I think you're so right. It, it's it, it's it's funny how we get so excited around the idea, but it's it's almost like I think about you know, people who get really interested versus the people who are actually committed. It's like the person who talks about like their New Year's resolution and the one who actually, you know, goes uh -huh. and does it. But it's like, um, I've, I've had a couple of people who've told me things like, oh, I had this awesome idea. It's like Facebook, but better. And I'm like, mm. okay, or the next Uber. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. And that's like my pet <laughs> peeve. I'm like, you just said, you cannot, you're not allowed to say that word. Mm -hmm. But people say this and it's like, okay, well, how are you actually, and you know, it's, and this kind of goes back to, um, you know, that comment I made around the mom test. I feel like sometimes people just aren't, they are not willing to move past that ideation and that very, because, you know, we have this idea that entrepreneurship is very sexy. It's, mm -hmm. it's so, use the word visionary. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like this really cool I live thing. by my own rules. Yeah, yeah. Boss. yeah. Hey, well, I even had a guy one time, I said, he was like, I really want to be an entrepreneur. And I go, what do you think that means? And he was like, well, I get to be able to sleep in as late as I want and no one tells me what to do. And I go, okay, that's called immaturity, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. called entrepreneurship. But like moving, moving to the actual practicality, tangibility, execution, this is what I need to do. I've challenged people with that before. And it's interesting, the people who they bounce, they, they push away from that with almost like you're raining on their parade. You know, you're sort of like snuffing the flame out. You're dousing their creativity. And the reason I mentioned the mom test again is it's, it's, I think it's the people who can take that kind of feedback and stride and say, okay, yeah, you're right. I do need to actually, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said, you have those two opposites mm -hmm. you have, and they're both entrepreneurs, but one of them is sort of the, the real quote entrepreneur. And then the person who just likes to call themselves, you know, it's the one who puts it in like their LinkedIn title entrepreneur yeah. or, you know, what have It's you. like the person who calls themselves an influencer rather than someone who just gains influence through their work. You yeah. Know? And it's totally different. One is kind of bestowed upon you and the other is, is you know, self-titled. But, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, to kind of circle back around to the beginning of our conversation about, you know, how this time there's a silver lining to this is that we have no more bullshit excuses about how busy we are. I think, you know, again, to be fair, we're all dealing with, you know, this is a weird circumstance and we're kind of in the biggest social experiment ever in our modern times. We have families and dogs and pets and elderly parents and all kinds of life happening in between. But we also don't have to get up at six in the morning and commute for an hour anywhere. We don't have to, 
be at work for nine hours a day sitting behind a desk. Like there, there are so many unfettered opportunities now to actually give your time and the t- your give your mind the time to wander and give your ideas to ideas space to breathe and then to kind of take that and make that into something. This is the silver lining that we have. I mean, even for me myself, like just because I have an established business doesn't mean that there is not a lot of stuff that I have put off because I'm so busy. Oh yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll redo my marketing strategy when I have more time. Okay. Well now's the time. Yeah. And you know, I had to bite the bullet and say, yep, I, you know, this is really going to be not fun. I don't want to sit here and think about my marketing strategy, but I'm going to do it because nobody else is going to do it for me. You know? Right. Well, and I, I like that too, because again, we're talking about being honest with ourselves. Probably my mm-hmm. biggest pet peeve hands down is when someone says I'm, I'm so busy. And it's yeah. almost like, I, I call it like the George Costanza. I don't know if you've seen the Seinfeld episode where yeah. he like always says like, oh, you know, tries to act busy. But it's really kind of a pet peeve of mine where I talk to people and they say, well, you know, I've been so busy. And what I've started doing, and I try not to be too obnoxious about it, but when someone says that, I interrupt with, well, everyone's busy. Yeah. And especially and right I, now, I mean, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to, you know, kind of dovetail into what you were saying is that, so like right now I'm reading that book that everybody is talking about, The Atomic Habits by James Clear, James mm-hmm. Clear, sorry. Yeah. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is that, you know, it, it's a process. And so we have choices, like you don't just become 600 pounds, right? Like you, there's a process to becoming 600 pounds. And so the reason I say this is that every action that you take is either a vote for the 600 pound person or the fit person. Mm -hmm. So I can make a million different choices all day long that are going to be either, you know, grossly overweight or not. And so it's the same thing when it comes to a business, like you're going, the choices, these tiny little choices that you make every day to either work on your business or watch Netflix, you know, like we're all obsessed with being busy, but I don't think we're as busy as we think that we are. I think we're making, I, I agree. Votes. we're making votes for other things. We, well, it's, and again, it's the self, it's the honesty piece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny cause I do, there's a nonprofit here that I donate time to and they have, we have, I live in a college town and they have a lot of their um, people are college students mm-hmm. and I do like some leadership training and development with these college students and it was funny because I kept hearing from these college students, well, yeah, I'm just so busy right now. And I was like, look, you will never have more time than you have right now. You have no job, many of you. You have no, no kids. Yeah, no kids. You don't have a spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, literally, you, this is the most time you will ever have in your life. You have no parent who's over your shoulder. You have so much flexibility. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we mentally fall into this trap. Uh, uh, well, you know, I'm just really busy. And then it's like, well, yeah, you watched you know, you binge watched Ozark all day. And so because you deserve it because yeah, you work hard and exactly. it's like, well, if you deserve, and I get it again, like I'm huge on self-care and I think I truly believe that sometimes the best thing we can do for ourselves is something that is bad for us. Like binge watching Ozark and eating chicken wings, <laughs> like totally down for that. It's again, it's about balance and it's about understanding that you're not at some point, some of these things are not actually serving you anymore. And so it, you know, binge watching Ozark for one day is one thing, but doing it all week long. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. You're on your eighth show now and it's, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I'm not helping myself anymore. And so it's, you know, again, like you can be busy, which is like busy with schoolwork, right? These are all the things I need to do. And these are what my teachers are expecting of me, or I have to go to this job and I have to do this. But like, 
okay, well, what are you doing for you? And mm. so working on your vision, working on your business, like working on yourself and again, cultivating that self-awareness, those yeah. are all things for you. You can't look at them as things you have to do. You have to understand that these are things you get to do. And this is why, when we go back to the start of our conversation, this is why there is such a silver lining right now, and you mm -hmm. just mentioned it, is COVID has freed up our days in a way that we weren't expecting. So how will we take advantage of that and utilize that for the sake of our business? I think it's an important, I think you've made a great call out there. Yeah. Um, just looking at our time, I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to talk about your business a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tell me like what's for like the aspiring entrepreneur, or maybe someone who like they've tried copy themselves. Do you have any sort of um, tip or secret or, you know, your approach to copywriting that you'd be willing to share? I think that consistency matters more than anything when it comes to content creation. And when I say consistency, I just mean you have to be there every day. Like you have mm. to be top of mind. Like there is so yeah. much power in, in working to stay top of mind. Um, so networking and, and going out there and making connections and getting on podcasts and doing interviews and those types of things are huge because, you know, you, you form those connections. But then the other side of it is you have to be consistent. If you are going to put content out and that's what you've decided that you want to do, then you have to be consistent with it. I would rather somebody never put content out than put content out once a month, honestly, because it's yeah. just as ineffective. Well, so, yeah. I mean, I was talking to a business owner. I mean, we were talking about his content strategy. I, I don't do content creation. We were just yeah. he was asking about how do I build uh, a sales funnel digitally? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, yeah, you know, we're going to do a post every month. And I said, respectfully, that is literally doing nothing for your business. Yeah. And yep. so if, if you want to make digital sales happen, there has to be a pace. I, I think that consistency piece is so spot on. I think you're so right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. You have to be consistent and you, again, first of all, make sure you have a business before you go out there, like <laughs> work on your work on your business, but, you know, structure. But I got to ask you though, cause, cause here's the other thing that I've noticed with content creation. I've noticed that people there and I have no problem with motivational quotes. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with being encouraging but I've noticed that when we talk about content creation, and, and I fell into this when I started my business, I didn't know what to post. And yeah. so I was just posting, you know, quote, no man is an island, find friends. I, I don't know. I mean, it just, but nothing to do with my business. And I've, I've noticed this, that people, they, they say that they're a content creator, but then they're wondering why they're not driving sales. And you look at their content and it is, it's literally, yeah, it's 99% motivational quotes. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's generic statements. Uh, a friend of mine, Aaron Sanchez, we like to joke about people who post funny cat memes, uh -huh. you know, and not that there isn't, you know, we didn't, we don't need to not be lighthearted or have fun, but I think that's the other key insight on consistency is ideally it has to be somewhat, you want it to be somewhat relevant to uh -huh. your business and your offer and what you want people to think of you for. And this is where you really have to think about your brand, right? And I think that word gets tossed around a lot and it gets really convoluted. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the one piece of feedback that I always get when um, people book calls with me and they get on the phone with me and we're talking about whatever, content, their website, they're like, oh, wow, you're actually the same person on the phone that you are in all of your videos. And I'm like, yes, that's <laughs> like, it's, but it's a branding thing. It's understanding, like, where is that mix between... Um, you know, do I post a meme and how often, and do I post, you know, just really like actionable tips and where's that mix? Like, that's really where your branding comes in. How do I want to show up? How do I want to, who do I want to be? Or who does that, who do I want this business to be? 
online and then being that person over and over and over again. It's mm, a great insight. Yeah. Well, Ash, we are out of time. Tell me, you know, for people who are listening and they want to connect with you, what's, what's like the one thing that you want them to know about? How can they stay connected to you? What can they yeah. do? Uh, so I hang out on LinkedIn all day. That's my, that's my, <laughs> my hangs. So please, um, you know, shoot me a connection request, send me a DM. I'm always happy to talk. Um, you know, as, as I've mentioned here, I'm kind of totally revamping my content strategy. So you're probably not going to see much, uh, recently, but I encourage you to look back in my feed and check out some old videos and yeah, happy to chat. So yeah, LinkedIn is where you can find me and, um, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Ash, it's been great. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you. And for our listeners, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? You got to click that subscribe button. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, which why wouldn't you? You got to leave us a five-star review. Make sure you continue to follow the podcast. We'll continue to bring you great guests and great content and good advice. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you later. See ya.